Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. My name's Christina, and I am the blogger behind We Are Living Art. And my name's Danielle, and I'm the blogger behind All Things Coveted. Are we bloggers? Are we influencers? We don't even know. Content creators, all of the above. All of the above. Um, but we're here to share the inside scoop of all of that for you guys so you know exactly what the fuck is going on. All right. Good morning, guys. Hello. We are back with another episode of In Case You Haven't Heard. In Case You Haven't Heard. Finally, we have a name. I know. We finally solidified it. Hope you guys like it. Let us know your thoughts because we're definitely open to modifying it slightly if you're interested, but you guys voted for this one, so we're going to keep it for a little while. Um, so how how has your week been? I haven't seen you in a while again. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, it's been good. I went to a really great chat this morning about sustainability and fashion, which oh. is so aligned with you. Yeah, it was um, Where? at Soho House, and it was from Reformation. Like it was the um, wait. Why didn't you invite me? I wanted to go. I went was, totally I honest, to that. It was so early this morning. Oh it was God. like eight thirty in the morning, and I just got. I wasn't gonna go, and then I decided That's last funny. minute that I was. I was gonna go. Okay. Um, cool. But yeah, it was super early. It was like eight thirty, nine thirty, but really worth it. Who spoke? So it was moderated by Vanessa Kraft from. Uh, she's the editor in chief of Elle Canada. Okay. And uh, Caitlin Talbot, she's the VP of Sustainability at Reformation. Okay. So they were doing a talk to kind of promote the new store in Yorkdale. Yeah. Which I went to and was really, really nice. Yeah. I mean, just classic Reformation, really small, like super clean cut. But they don't have well merchandise, right? Not the virtual. They have one, but okay. it's not it's not like fully automated and fully machine driven. Like there's still people in the store helping you. Okay. Um, but it seems like a really nice addition to Yorkdale. Yeah. I have to check it out. I'm I'm actually tripping out a little bit because I always I always order and like will order to my friend's place when I go visit her in the mm-hmm. States. Um, and I'm always paying in USD, but now that you can convert it online, it kind of scares me that all the dresses are like $400 Canadian. I and know. I never really realized that. I know. Because I'm like, oh, like 220 US, that's fine. Yeah. It's like 380 Canadian. And I'm like, holy fuck. It's um, a lot. It's a lot of, uh, the conversion makes such a huge difference. I know. So I wanted to get a couple of dresses for my upcoming trip and I just don't think I was going to. I'm going to do that, but... I honestly was very tempted to buy, like, five dresses. There's one I want has, like, puff shoulder, like, long sleeves, and it has, like, that, you know, that, like, stretchy... Mm -hmm. Is it white? It's, like, floral. It's literally the same pattern as the other Reformation dress I just wore at that wedding, but I love the pattern so much, Mm -hmm. I was, like, down. And then there's one that has, like, thicker straps... 
and like a bustier detailing and it's like long to hear but it's like mykonos blue and white and mm. i was like that would be so perfect but for your trip for my trip something interesting that they said was they source all their fabric beforehand so the designers are forced to use the fabric that they have on hand oh. when designing so that's kind of why they have different dresses like maybe they use one fabric for like multiple pieces yeah that was something that was very interesting and that's part of their sustainability is because they like source the fabric before and then the designers have to use all of that fabric before they get new fabric so there's always like a three or four dresses that or tops that have the same fabric Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. interesting which i found to be interesting and then they also really care about um, not only the sourcing and the fabrication they have minimal quantities at first and then whatever is really selling they produce accordingly it cuts the waste of a lot of retailers like 30 percent of their clothes actually don't get to the consumer yeah so them having that business model actually cuts that waste and then also they're really good with like aftercare which I never really thought of but the waste for your aftercare for your garments yeah is also a factor as well so I I mean it was really insightful and I hope that a lot of retailers or a lot of companies kind of move in that direction because that's the goal I think they definitely started a really powerful movement Mm -hmm. and I think being such a reputable brand and seeing that they're going so quickly is really good for other people to kind of base their business models off of um Something interesting I did this morning, actually, was I went to a flotation spa. Which I've wanted to do for so long. Yeah, I mean, I've heard about it. And I guess one of the main things that I've heard um, is that, like, you don't have a concept of time while you're in there. But um, so I went in. It's an hour session. Okay. And the theme of this was they kind of just did a PR event. So the theme was Dark Side of the Moon. So you go in and they play the entire Pink Floyd album. Wow. Yeah, which is super interesting because it's very kind of like euphoric and like, I guess, weird in that sense. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Pink Floyd, probably. Yeah, but... My dad used to listen to it. It's like in his car, so I'm, I'm very familiar with the songs, but... There's a rock yes. station that's such a dad rock station. point seven or yeah, something. Yeah, it's such a dad rock station. Oh my God, it's the only one he listens yeah, to at 4 a.m. Yeah, I was going to say, or 680 News. My dad loves it. Oh my God. If you're from Toronto, you guys know what stations we're talking about. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you go in and it was really nice. This one's located just on the Danforth, so mm-hmm. it's very close to. Um, so you go in and it's kind of like a big egg, like yeah. half an egg. And like it opens up. It's very spacious. So if you're claustrophobic, I feel like it's okay because it's not like a tanning bed where you're like in. Mm-hmm. Not that I've ever been in one, but I've always had a fear to go inside one because of that. Final Destination? Have you seen that? One? I haven't, but I've heard, I've like heard horror stories or movies that like <laughs> the glass breaks and it burns. The yeah, yeah, that's and, like, one of the things. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I went, I went in. The guy gave me a little kind of information session on it, but... Basically an Epsom salt bath, so your body floats in it. Mm -hmm. It's like filled maybe like a few inches. And you close the thing? Yeah. So you you go so you have to shower first just to get rid of anything. Then you go in, you can wear a bathing suit, but you're by yourself, so just went naked. And then there's like a little thing that you put under your head. It's just like a foam like circle basically. But because it's Epsom salt, like you're floating, so it just helps support your neck because one of the things that a lot of people do is hold tension there. The whole point of a flotation tank is either to like meditate, release anxiety, and kind of like zone out because we move at such fast paced world these days that it's kind of good to take that break. Um, And then you turn off the light. You can turn on the light if you want. There's like a mood light with like, I don't know if you've been in an infrared sauna, they have like blue, which targets like 
certain things or triggers certain things and then there's like orange red whatever but he suggested turning it off and i thought it was cool to turn it off because then you feel like you're just floating in like space yeah Um, so it's pitch black so it's pitch black and before you go in you actually have to choose at least at this location there's like five boxes and they're like there's a rock in each of the boxes Whichever one you feel like more drawn to, pick that box um, and there's like a note inside with the crystal and then you bring that into your experience with you. So I'm such a second guesser and like I always like am indecisive. So I like kind of saw a box I wanted to pick and then I was like, oh, I don't know which box. Maybe I'll pick one of these other two. And then I was telling him and I was like, fuck. So then I ended up picking the first one that I actually looked at. It was a quartz crystal and all about manifestation i was like this couldn't have been the more perfect so you brought the one you initially got drawn to yeah so thank goodness yeah and then you bring it in with you you hold in your hand during the experience or put it on your chest or whatever and it's supposed to help you like go in that direction with your experience i basically zoned out after like the third song started playing it took me a while i was kind of annoyed that it took me so long because like i'm a little familiar with meditation and stuff i feel like if you've never done that it could be harder and then i don't remember what i really thought about that's good. But I don't think I thought about, like, I was thinking I would go in and then be able to think about, like, the success of my business down the road and all these things. But I, I thought about, like, random things that I had nothing to do with it. And then it was done. 60 minutes later. But yeah, I feel like you have to experience it more than once to, like, get a feel. Just like meditation. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't yeah. get in the zone the first time. You're just thinking about breathing. And then you're like, when is this over sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's similar. But have you been to home? Yeah, I love home. Yeah. I went for the first time a few weeks ago, like at the end of June. Yeah. So good. What did you do? Meditation? So I wanted to do the 30-minute dark one. So good. But I did the 30-minute light one. Yeah. And it wasn't that light. Like, it still was okay for Mm -hmm. me. So I would love to do the dark one. But I felt like 30 minutes was just enough. I mean, obviously, the floating is a different situation because you're kind of immersed and it's more of a full-body experience especially with the crystal that you're saying but that's my dog by the way guys growling <laughs> my apologies i think a, an hour meditation might be too long a but long the, time wow. the 30 minutes was good i the dark one there is mm-hmm. my favorite thing especially in the winter like you go in and you fall asleep like at the end of it because yeah you like you get to lie down in the dark one i don't know if you got to lie down you can kind of do whatever you want yeah i love home i think they're doing a really great job and it's on king street for those of you who live in toronto just yeah. at king and brand Beautiful space. So good. Right next to Impact Kitchen, too. Yeah. It's like a nice, healthy little... Corner. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also, did you see their pink... The um, salt cave. Salt cave. Yeah. No, I've been in their infrared sauna, though. Insane. What? It looks like a different world. Okay, wait. The floor, the walls, and... So you can book the whole room. There's six spots. Yeah. You can book the whole room or if you wanted, I guess you could do it privately if you wanted to go two people. It's not, it's not guided meditation with an instructor. It's just guided meditation with headphones. But I would really... I, let's do it. I know. And, and let's can, do the infrared too. Yeah. I've never done it. the infrared there. It's hard. Infrared is hard. hard. It's hard because it's like a sauna. You're sitting there and you're like sweating your balls off and you're like... And you do 30 <gasps> minutes? No, I think it's like 45. What? No, I can't do that. It's hot. And you're like, I, yeah, I would. And die. you're just like, I just I like steam rooms better than saunas. 100%. They're both hard for me. Because yeah, I just think about time passing. Because you can't listen to music. Oh, in this one you can. But like in a traditional sauna, mm-hmm. you can't. Because then your headphones will like overheat or something. So at the for the floating, is it always listening to music? No. I feel like some people don't. Yeah, like waves or something. Yeah. You could do waves or something chill. I feel I feel like how you said after three songs you were trying to get into it or like trying to get more like in your mind. I feel like for me music would 
distract you? Distract me. Like, I would need birds or waves or beach or something that would make me more, like, more repetitive sounds. I don't know. It was interesting. Like, I kind of know the album, so... it. But I feel like there was no lyrics for the most part. Oh. So it was fine. And it's very light. Like, Mm. I thought it'd be, like, loud. And I was like, shit, is the music on right now? But then he put it on, like, once I got settled in. Yeah. Because he timed it, obviously. Um, And I was like, oh, it's pretty faint. But... You know when you like go try to sleep and you're counting sheep? Mm. So it was like that's what I meant by by the third song. I finally zoned out, but it took me three songs to do it. Yeah. But anyway. I wanna try. Now I'm like eager. Yeah. I should send you the information. Yeah, send it to me. So this week, um, we're actually going to do more of, I guess, an interview style and talk a little bit about Danielle and her experience with her company, Saturday yeah. Social. Yeah, so obviously I'm I freelance. I'm I freelance style and personal shop for clients. Um, but I also founded an event with my co-founder Mackenzie called Saturday Social TO, which is all about networking. So it's a networking event for creatives and entrepreneurs around Toronto. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we founded it uh, last year in 2018. It's an event style, so how it works is there are speakers that talk on their profession or their expertise about different topics. We try to get like a really wide range of topics just for our audience because we know that they come from all different kind of walks of life and different professions. So um, yeah, so there are speakers and then there's like a light breakfast, a light lunch, and then we usually do a panel in the afternoon. And each event, we've been doing different themed panels. So we've had a social media panel. We recently had a wellness panel. Uh, For our next event, we'll probably have a different panel. Uh, And then we also introduced a fireside chat uh, this event, which actually seemed to be an audience favorite. So we Mm -hmm. might integrate more of those style chats into our events because they found it to be a little bit more interactive. It also opened up the question and answer period at the end to be a little bit more welcoming. Exactly. So we found that, you know, after a speaker's presentation for around 10 minutes, um, when we did do a question and answer, like, you know, there are a few questions, but with the fireside chat, it was definitely more interactive and people really got into the question and answer period, which was great and great for us to see. So you said you started or you founded it in 2018. Yeah. Um, Why and like how did you decide to start this specifically, this concept really? So Mackenzie and I, who like I said before, my co-founder and myself, we have an interesting path. Like we briefly went to the same high school. She's also from Toronto. We went to the same undergrad and then we also did a master's program at the same university, but we never did it at the same time. It was interesting like... When she went to the university that I graduated from, um, that was kind of when we reconnected because we were never really friends all the way through our schooling. Mm -hmm. We have the same kind of mindset. Okay. Um, So when we reconnected back in Toronto, because the school that we went to was actually in Europe, uh, we went out for... Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. we went out for we went out for coffee uh, to talk about our experience and how we were kind of in the corporate world and really wanted to go freelance and be our own bosses and how it would be so great if there was a support system for creatives and entrepreneurs in Toronto. And then we just got talking and we're like, why don't we just start it ourselves and start this event that we could bring together different types of creatives, different types of entrepreneurs and provide a safe space for them to network, collaborate, like bounce ideas off each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we kind of just decided like, hey, let's 
let's do it. So we started it last year and it's been super successful. Now that we're like, we're at our fourth event, like we've had three events. So coming in October will be our fourth. So it's kind of like testing the waters, what, what the people want. But what's been interesting to see is we've actually had people come to all three events. And what's encouraging is the people that have come to all three events, like after the last event, like one of them pulled me aside and was like, this one's the best one. Yeah. Like we're, I'm so excited for what's to come. So obviously like their first event's not going to be your best event. For sure. Like with anything. Yeah, exactly. But I'm really happy that at least we're progressing in, yeah. in, a, in a, you know, upward direction. So yeah, so that answered the question. The reason why was because we wanted a safe space and we really wanted to provide a way for people to collaborate. Yeah. So a way for people to meet someone maybe in a different field, but that they didn't think that they needed to connect with and they kind of have that ability to connect at our events. And you mentioned that your initial kind of idea for this was for it to be sort of like a live podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, the style of it is very, very casual. So you kind of walk into our event, there's a light breakfast there for you. And then we have very, very casual style talks about like 10 minutes each. Mm -hmm. Uh, We usually have about six speakers, but like I said, like now we really want to integrate more fireside chats. So we're probably going to adjust that. We've had director of a marketing agency come in. We've had um, some bloggers. We've had some business coaches. We've had motivational speakers finance, lawyer, like we've had so many different special people come in talking about their line of work and also just a way for people to connect to their personal stories about success or failures that they they had. Like Mm -hmm. we've also had people talk about the true raw realness of what the entrepreneurial journey is. Um, I list, I came to that one and I thought that was the most impactful speech. One of the best that I've heard in like hearing her story mm-hmm. and then you just like I don't know and then her going just into like the reality of what happened having to move back home and like get things started because it was a passion and then I mean it all finds its way at the end thankfully but it's definitely it's nice to like connect with people who are going through what you're doing especially when it's like a lonely a lonely experience a hundred percent and if you're privileged enough to have a partner to do something with like for me my entrepreneurial journey is by myself and kind of same for you right? Absolutely. so it's a lonely journey and also t- trying to talk to people who are not in that same mind frame who are like in the corporate world and and not saying one is better than the other but you know, it's a different mind frame. And and some people, even when I was quitting my job in that sort of world, everyone was saying like, what are you doing? You have no plan. You don't really know if this is going to work. And I feel like everyone who is, you know, on an entrepreneurial path or trying to fund a project, trying to build a brand in any scope of work, they have the same mind frame and it's really, really inspiring to hear other people talk about their successes and failures because then you can kind of align yourself with them as opposed to having sort of that person say to you, like, you're crazy for doing what you're doing because we're all kind of crazy yeah. in, in this sort of networking world. Or what, what we're trying to create at Saturday Social TO is is staying inspired, staying motivated, but then also educating our audience on like the realistic um, path and like what is realistic and not to kind of glorify entrepreneurship but really teach you the right steps and really kind of open up stories to and, and make stories accessible to you so that it's not just like oh wow like I see all of these uh, startups making it big in like three years that's not always realistic yeah because then they finally get more of an 
understanding of what it's really like instead of having all these assumptions um, based around what entrepreneurship really is. Exactly. When you did start becoming a freelance entrepreneur, because you did have a corporate job before for two years, three years, was it? Yeah. So um, out of school, I worked for like multiple different, but yeah, I went into that world. So, you know, having that structure, so having someone to kind of you know, you obviously have a boss and like the corporate structure, it, depending on what company you work for, there are many channels to go through. Mm-hmm. So I graduated in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, beginning of 2016. And then I was working from the beginning of 2016 until I guess I've been freelancing for a year and a half. So I guess I was doing it for two years and then now. Okay. Yeah. So when you did get into it and when you were, when you finally decided to quit like your mm-hmm. last corporate job, Did you have people discouraging you on, like, what you were going to do, like you kind of mentioned, like, saying, you don't really know what you're doing, like, why are you doing this, and, like, how did you overcome fear or, I guess, the skepticality of others around you when you got started? Yeah, so when I did resign, it was interesting because, like, I had just gotten a promotion. Okay. So it was one of those things where I had just gotten a promotion and I, like, thought, okay, great, like, I would be happy, Mm -hmm. but... I wasn't and I knew that I always wanted to try styling and try doing something for myself or building a brand for myself but I didn't know if I wanted to make the mistakes in the corporate world before I transitioned to being my own boss Mm -hmm. so I thought to myself like okay you know, I'm not really happy where I am now. I know that I eventually want to do this. So why don't I just do it now? And I thought that like, I'm the type of person that if I have to figure it out, I'll figure it out. So I didn't really, I knew that I wanted to do it, but I didn't really have a direct plan of like, okay, this is my business model. And this is what I want to do. Like I knew I had connections in the styling world. Like I knew I had some clients that I could reach back out to because I kind of like always had them available to me because of what I, like I was, privileged enough to build it beforehand yeah but let's say like I didn't have a client base when I was going into it right so I still had to build a client base I had to build my network I didn't really network for my own social media because I didn't have that like I didn't even have a public account at that time okay so and I wasn't like I liked taking photos like I liked photography as a whole but it's not like I was a professional photographer, not saying I am now, but I, it's not like I had that in my back pocket. So I kind of jumped into it like literally head first and was just kind of like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it now because at least I'm at an age where if it doesn't work out, you can always go back. I could always go back. And I always tried to still kind of keep my connections. Like I, I didn't leave anything bad like that's one thing that I can say is Mm -hmm. the best thing you can do is try to never burn any bridges because it's such a small community and no one's gonna be mad or no one's gonna maybe they'll be disappointed in the moment but if you're really straightforward and honest and try to keep those relationships intact it will really pay off in the long run. Like I felt like I really tried to make an effort to not burn any bridges so that if anything were to happen, like I could always go back. Not saying that it would be available to me, but at least I felt like, okay, this was something that made me feel more safe. Quote unquote. Yeah, I mean, you never really know like when someone is going to come back into your life, regardless mm-hmm. of the relationship. So whether it's like the person you're interacting with, you know, like at the grocery store, like, you're in a bad mood just don't be a bitch because like what if that person ends up being like your new future boss you know 100 percent. and also it's not even that it's like 
the community is so small that they talk and they talk to people. Yeah. It's a web. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, so I kind of jumped into it head first, didn't really have a structured plan, but knew what I wanted to do. And did you start at all on the side before you got started? No, no. Literally no. You never tried styling before? Because I, I did a fashion communication course and... And my master's was was specifically in uh, fashion communications directed to luxury. I um, had that as a skill. Okay. And I had marketing as a skill. Okay. Um, it kind of went hand in hand. And then also, like, visuals for me has always been, like, you know, doing mannequins and and visuals for retail space. So you always had, kind of had experience. Like, I, like, like not, I mean, it's different because it's not practical experience where you can say, like, I was doing editorial shoots and I was styling and had that as a skill set, but I had other things that I kind of took and then implemented into what I'm doing now. Yeah. And I did have people who, to touch on how you're saying, did you have people who discouraged you? And yeah, I did. But like I said, I went in with a mindset of if, it doesn't work out. I don't have any true responsibilities in terms of a family. I don't have a house at the moment. So it's not like I, I'm carrying a mortgage. Yeah. So those things for me, in my mind, are two big responsibilities. Absolutely. So I didn't have that. So why not? And that's kind of where my mind was at at that time. Cool. Yeah. So since you do have a business partner, which I personally think are blessed to have because now going into my business I feel like it'd be so mm-hmm. much better and a lot more convenient to yeah. have someone to bounce ideas off of to share responsibility with um when you guys kind of decided to start Saturday Social did you kind of have this sort of idea on your by yourself beforehand and then when you guys chatted the partnership came very organically or um did you always want to have a business partner No, yeah, it came very organically. Obviously, this event is an extension of my brand and and of Mackenzie's brand as well. Um, So we found there was a gap in in the market for this type of event in Toronto at that time. Now I feel like there are multiple events, but... You know, there are also multiple events that are driven towards women empowerment and women in business, which obviously I'm a huge supporter of, like being a woman in business myself. However, we really wanted to keep it inclusive um, to the whole community, men and women. So so we found that. Which I think is good because, yeah, there is such a movement now of um, all, yeah, these women events and it's great and there's like new co-working spaces that are like women driven, like The Wing, which is really popular in the UK and stuff like that, but... I mean, at the end of the day, if we're trying to be, like, neutral and equal, mm-hmm. it's good to keep everyone kind of on the same level. A hundred percent. I and love I how think, you guys do that. I think it's important to educate men, like, in feminism as well. Like, I grew up with a father who was always, like, he was, you know, always the one to, like, go to those women empowerment, like, for his firm. Like, he was always the one to make an effort to really? be present. Yeah, so I feel like it's really important for men to also be involved in the movement because, yes, you know, women are the forefront, but it, it's not going to go anywhere unless, like, men are on board as well. Um, there were obviously events in Toronto, um, but we found that there was a space available for an event that was inclusive to men and women. Mm-hmm. Um so we both decided to uh, create this event 
together because on our own we wanted to and it just kind of organically happened that we had different skill sets so it worked out nicely so what would you say that maybe you bring to the table um something that complemented that that um Mackenzie offered yeah so I mean Mackenzie works as a freelance writer so like for example I take care of more of the marketing end of things um, like the contracts the bookings the business side of things and then she takes care of um, like we both kind of find speakers on our own um, and then kind of have conference calls and communicate with each other and then also have sort of a conference call style interview with a person if we don't know them directly um, just to see how they talk and and if they would be the right fit for our event and then vice versa for them if they if they still want to be involved in our event. So, um, you know, she sometimes finds um, speakers. Um, she helps with venue, um, the website heavily, any sort of writing for our emails that we do like informational emails or like marketing emails mm -hmm. she does all the copy for that um, and then I kind of take care of more of the like social any photos booking um, like videographer I feel like we also bounce off each other really well like mostly she takes care of writing and copy and then I take care of marketing. Also the day of the event, um, I sort of deal with more coordination depending on like like more logistics and then um, Mackenzie makes sure that all of our um, attendees feel welcome, all of our speakers are taken care of. So we're really good at splitting up tasks and it really helps when you have someone else there because then you can kind of be like, oh, can you do this while I do this or... Yeah, um, so did you initially want to split up those things or do you guys have a discussion about it when you went into no it, it just naturally happened because I mean I gravitate towards more of like aesthetics and and marketing okay and she gravitates like it's easier for her to um, make an email and kind of schedule it to go out to our attendees and then it's easier for her to make a bio for us to put on our website so it, we just we didn't really talk about what roles we had mm -hmm. it just kind of happened amazing yeah so I think that's the best type of partnership because you really want someone that has strengths or like I really wouldn't want to write strengths and interests. Exactly. In like I don't really want don't want to write an email. Yeah. That is going to get broadcasted to everybody. But for her, it comes naturally. No, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, so let's touch on the uh, your process of how you decide to, you know, invite people and who you decide to invite. So mm -hmm. do you guys come up with... A general theme to start with and then I know you mentioned um, you guys get on a call mm -hmm. or we'll briefly interview the guests before committing to them. The process starts with us pitching to each other different speakers that we may see fit for the upcoming event Okay. and then from there we build out like we wouldn't want two speakers in fashion, two speakers in marketing, two speakers in finance because then you don't get a diverse portfolio or you go, don't get a diverse scope of the journey or you know you, you, don't you want to tell a story yeah you don't want overlapping um, sort of experiences. exactly so from there uh we kind of slowly build out what our key objectives for the event is going to be okay and then we then say okay we think that this is going to be a really nice theme for the panel for example our last event we had a wellness panel and we both thought you know it's it's kind of a trend right now everyone's on that that path also mental health uh, mental health awareness and just your wellness as a whole as a ceo 
or as an entrepreneur, um, apparently it's very low. Um, mental health in uh, CEOs is low. Yeah, and it's cool. something that could be addressed. So yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think now more than ever, like mental health is being addressed in the workplace, and especially because, as we discussed, like it is a very lonely solo journey mm-hmm. for entrepreneurs. Um, it's good that there's an open discussion about you know failure and about loneliness and about all of this, so people are like, okay, this is normal. It's fine. Like, yeah, I'm not by myself. It normalizes it for sure. Amazing. Well, I think we might wrap up there. Um, thank you for sharing, and I'm excited to go to the October event. I know. You were in Spain when our uh, last event happened. I know. Um, and I'm excited to see what location you guys decide to choose this time around. Which we still have to choose it. Um, the locations of the events um, really play a big role. Like, we tried to keep it more eclectic and keep, you know, we did a first one at an art gallery. We did it at a loft space. Um, this time we did it at, at a private sort of outdoor terrace yes. for the summer, which was really nice. Um, and the weather cooperated, which was great. It was really hot that day, though. That was one thing that it was... There was fans. There was fans. Yeah. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but that happens at a summer event. Um, but yeah, so I'll let you know what the location is in case any of you guys want to come. And I'm sure if you're following me on social media, you can also follow Saturday Social T.O., on Instagram or go to our website, um, SaturdaySocialTO.com to get updated on who our speakers are going to be for our next event and the location as well. Amazing. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to In Case You Haven't Heard and we will be back with the next episode touching on a little bit about my experience as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Bye guys. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.